We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, the topic is Sri Lanka and a professor from the University of Texas named Eric Pianca and how climate change and the Green New Deal upside-down worldview that places plants above people is destroying our food supply. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. Today's topic is farming, and I want to talk about the consequences of bad ideas, the consequences of elites who think they know how to manage things that they know nothing about, for example, farming. These government officials in Sri Lanka and in the Netherlands have actually implemented policies that have reduced food production by drastic drastic measures. And as the result, people are starving. Not, all, not only are they going broke, farmers are going belly up. They can't afford to actually run their businesses any longer. But because these farmers aren't producing food any longer, everybody is suffering the consequences for these terrible decisions and these terrible ideas. Getting their ideas backwards, considering plants to be more important than people not recognizing that human beings are actually of greater value than bacteria, for example. When we get our hierarchies upside down, and when we place man at the bottom of the hierarchy rather than at the top of God's created order, when we, when we ignore God and claim that he doesn't even exist, and then when we put animals and plants and bacteria above the human being, and when we start acting like the human being is the problem rather than the solution, then you're going to suffer the consequences for those ideas. That's the topic of today's show. So after the break, I'm going to share with you some of the facts that are coming out of Sri Lanka right now as the result of them being the first nation in the world to go 100% organic farming. Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Well, there are some consequences to that idea. And those consequences aren't pretty right now. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. I'm going to set the context for the rest of the show by referring you back to what a presidential candidate said a couple years ago. Do you remember when former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg ran for the presidency? This is a guy that flipped from Democrat to Republican in an expedient way over the course of his political career. Now, some people listening right now may have thought that he was a good choice because of his fiscal prowess, that he was a good money manager, that he'd made a lot of money throughout the course of his life, and therefore he could manage our economy. I never liked the guy, and there's a reason for that. He's arrogant, he's an elitist, he is one of the oligarchs. And he does not have a conservative bone in his body because he doesn't believe in conserving anything other than his ego. 
He believes that he can solve the problem. He believes that he can rise above common sense, sense that's common, natural law, laws that are baked into nature. And he believes he knows more than you about everything. Proof? Do you remember when he said that farmers didn't do anything other than dig a hole in the ground and drop a seed in it, and that wasn't all that difficult to do, that that was the old economy, and the new economy involved um, higher levels of knowledge and intellect. It was very insulting, very, very degrading to our agricultural community, and also very ignorant on his part because it ignored the fact that farming is a business. And farmers that are successful need to know how to run small businesses and large businesses. They've got huge investments in um, capital and infrastructure. Their tractors and all of their other equipment are very expensive. Buying seed every year and making sure that that purchase is a wise one and not wasted is very important understanding how to manage the crop that they planted so that they get the greatest yield from that crop, etc., etc., etc. I mean, this is big business, and if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to fail. It's not just digging a hole in the ground and dropping a seed in that hole and then covering it up and letting it grow, which is exactly what Michael Bloomberg said a few years ago. This was arrogance in the extreme. And the minute he said that, I thought to myself, I would never vote for this man. His hubris, his hubris in and of itself disqualifies him for leadership. Well, you've got that type of attitude from the political right, I guess, if you want to call it that. And then you've got this arrogance and this stupidity from people like AOC and her Green New Deal policies, which are based on nothing other than her subjective opinions, emotions, and quite frankly, lies. There's nothing in her political agenda when it comes to the Green New Deal that makes any sense whatsoever. And the underlying principle to a lot of this stuff is the elevation of the elites as being the only people that should be attended to. Because all of the rest of us, you know, lack gray matter. That's a quote from Michael Bloomberg. We lack gray matter. In other words, we're not very smart, you know. And we're deplorables per Hillary Clinton's infamous labeling of all those that disagree with her. You know, the 50% of the American people that thought she was a terrible choice for the president of the United States, a terrible choice for anything, quite frankly, and actually decided that Donald Trump would be a better solution than her. I mean, we're deplorables, we lack gray matter, we're rubes, we, we're, just, we're just stupid. You've seen it in the media, and you've heard it from our political elite class. Well, what happens when these ideas are implemented? Well, let's look at some of the results of these terrible ideas, these AOC, Green New Deal, Michael Bloomberg type ideas, where these people that know nothing about how to farm start implementing policies on farmers that actually destroy, destroy their businesses, destroy their farms, destroy their ability to produce food that you and I need to survive. I mean, this stuff just doesn't show up in the grocery store wrapped in cellophane. It has to come from somewhere, people. That Those vegetables that you buy, they have to be grown on a farm. The beef that you eat has to be raised on a farm. It, 
this is something that we lose when we become an urban society rather than a rural society. People that live in the city just don't understand, or at least they don't think sometimes, where their food comes from. And this problem exacerbates itself when these types of individuals actually gain power through our political process. And they reside in places like the mayor's mansion in New York City or Washington, D.C. apartments that are filled with a bunch of millennial know-nothings like AOC. All right, so let's get back to Sri Lanka. So Sri Lanka is proud of its green policies, but what we're seeing right now is those green policies have failed. Here are some results of what's going on in Sri Lanka, a country that was so proud of being the first in the nation to go 100% organic farming. Uh, Fuel has run out in Sri Lanka. Drivers of trucks and various different taxis and whatnot have to wait for days, days to fill up their fuel tanks right now. Days. Did you hear what I said? They have to wait for days just to fill up their fuel tanks. There There are power blackouts on a daily basis across Sri Lanka right now. The inflation rate in Sri Lanka has reached 54.6% in June. There's a growing cost of food and clothing and transportation and electricity, some of which are three times the normal price, three times a 300% increase. Their currency, the rupee, has been devalued greatly. Uh, There's no diesel fuel for fishermen to even use to go out into the ocean to catch fish. There's a crisis in Sri Lanka right now, and it started when? In 2019, when the government, the government, imposed its green policies. They, they have mounting debt. They have inadequate production rates. Uh, COVID-19 then hit, and that caused the debt to grow to 101% in relation to the country's GDP. Uh, well, what else do you need to know? Uh, tourism, which constituted almost 12% of the GDP, obviously was hit really hard by COVID. And you might say, well, COVID wasn't their fault. Well, their reaction to it was, again, we see what the reaction to COVID can do for good or for ill to some of our communities, even here in the United States. What types of freedoms we enjoyed or what types of restrictions were imposed upon us because we had little Napoleons thinking they knew better how to manage our lives what we should wear on our face, and whether or not we should be able to open our businesses because of a virus, okay? So there's been a 109% inflation in relation to GDP in Sri Lanka. Uh, Let's see. Why? Why? Well, according to this article that I'm citing right now, it's because they were suckered by the European, what? Green New Deal propaganda. The Sri Lanka government back in April of 2021, implemented a ban, a 100% ban. In other words, you couldn't use this stuff anymore. None of it. Zero. Immediately. On what? What was the ban on? Chemical fertilizer. Oh, well, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Chemical fertilizer? We don't want chemicals to be on our fields to fertilize them. Well, what happened as the result of this ban? Well, 15 million out of the 22 million people that live in Sri Lanka relied on farming. 15 million out of 22 relied on farming. And over 90% of them had used chemical fertilizer prior to the ban. 
90% of the farmers used chemical fertilizer. All right? What happened as the result of the ban? One-third of the farmland lies dormant as of 2021, just a couple years after the implementation of this. One-third of the farmland lies dormant. 85% of the farmers face crop losses. Small farmers bore the brunt of the burden and reported a 50 to 60% decrease in yield. 50 to 60% decrease in yield. Okay, I'm going to repeat what I just said. One-third of the farmland is now dormant. 85% of the farmers face crop losses. The small farmers bore the burden disproportionately. Okay, 50 to 60% decrease in yield. Carrot and tomato prices, for example, increased five times, 500% their original price. Rice production fell 20%, and prices jumped 50% in a span of six months. They were formerly self-sufficient in rice. In other words, they didn't need to import grain. And now they import $450 million worth of grain. Okay? They're having to import something that they didn't need to import before because they grew enough to be self-sufficient. For this fertilizer ban, now this I'm reading from this article, the fertilizer ban hit the tea industry too. The tea industry in Sri Lanka is the second highest export. They exported $1.24 billion worth of tea in 2019. And these exports paid for 71% of the country's food imports. In other words, this tea export um, cash crop that they were exporting provided 71% of the money they needed to import foods that they weren't growing on the island. Well, the tea industry crashed because of this ban on chemical fertilizer. And they're now at a 23-year low in terms of tea production tea production down. All right, so why did all of this happen? Well, like I said, they're the first nation to fully embrace organic farming. Farming, excuse me. The first nation to fully embrace organic farming. Okay, they've got a stellar ESG score. That's the uh, national, the United Nations metric of investments made um, that are supposedly better environmentally, socially, and, you know, the right politically correct stuff to do. Well, their score, their ESG score is just wonderful. But what do they have as the result of this score? They have decreased food production. They have huge inflation rates. Farmers are going out of business, and they're having to import grain that they used to grow for themselves. They're having to rely on other countries to eat. Now, as you think about what AOC is trying to do to our country, what the Democrats believe would be good environmental policy, the Green New Deal, green energy, et cetera, et cetera, I want you to think of this story. When you think of, <clears throat> excuse me, Michael Bloomberg saying that, well, farmers aren't very smart. All they have to do is dig a hole in the ground, drop a seed in there, and then cover the hole up with dirt. Stop and think about the consequences of these bad ideas. When you think about Hillary Clinton calling you a deplorable because you don't live in New York City or Washington, D.C., when you, when you think about the media, the mainstream media laughing at you and calling you a rube because you live in the heartland rather than in San Francisco or Los Angeles, when you think about Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates 
and the World Economic Forum elites, these arrogant people, so laden with hubris that they think they can tell you what to inject in your body and when to open your stores and your restaurants and what kind of food you should eat. When you think about the arrogance of people suggesting that having too many cows in the ranch land of Oklahoma or Texas or Kansas is bad rather than good, and that we need to decrease the cattle population because they're producing too much methane gas, and that's actually causing the climate to warm. These asinine, asinine claims of the elites that don't understand anything. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the fact that they have their worldview wrong and that the consequences of their worldview, their hierarchy is upside down. I guess that's the key point here. You know, a couple years ago, actually it's been more than that now, it was back in 2006, I actually wrote an article on this. It's in my first book that's called Why I'm a Liberal and Other Conservative Ideas, where I take on the lunacy of the left, where the Democrats and the progressives are claiming to be liberals, but they're really not because they don't believe in liberty. They believe in power. They believe in control. They don't believe in human freedom. They're not classical liberals because they disparage the very idea of liberty. And I wrote my book to try to make that point. Well, one of the stories that I tell in one of the chapters of my book is about a professor named Eric Pianca down at the University of Texas, who in 2006 received the Texas Academy of Science Award, the Scientist of the Year. You know, this guy is a professor that teaches undergraduate biology and ecology classes at the University of Texas. His nickname is actually the Lizard Man because he specializes in reptiles, lizards. Well, when he received that award at the banquet for the Texas Academy of Science in 2006, he approached the podium and he said this, and I paraphrase slightly, but this is pretty much what he said. And when I say pretty much, I'm not embellishing. I'm just not reading his speech uh, verbatim right now. I'm telling you what he said. He approached the podium and he said the earth is in trouble. Well, that's no surprise. He's an environmentalist, and most of the people in the room would be likewise. And I don't have anything against environmentalists if all they're interested in doing is keeping the environment clean and healthy. You and I should want to do the same too. I mean, who's for creating dirty water, polluted water, contaminated air? We all want to drink clean water and, and breathe clean air. So if that makes you an environmentalist, then I raise my hand and I say, amen. But the problem here is these environmentalists have reversed the hierarchy. What's my point? Pianca takes the podium and he says, the earth is in trouble. The earth is going to die, and if we don't solve the problem immediately, if we don't reduce the problem by 90%, that's his, that's his number, if we don't reduce the problem by 90%, the earth is lost. It's going to die. And we don't have much time, he said, as he accepted his award. Now, you might ask, what's the problem? What needs to be reduced by 90%? Well, he made that very clear. The problem is a given organism. Oh, it's not a bacteria. It's not a virus. The problem is man. The problem is humanity. We have too many people. We've overpopulated the earth, and we need a 90% reduction in that problem, 90% reduction in the human population, and we need it quickly. Otherwise, the earth is lost. Now, at this point, you, start, you should start wondering, what's going on here? 
He's saying that we need a 90% reduction in the human population worldwide in order to save the earth. So you might rightly ask, how are you going to accomplish that and how are you going to accomplish it quickly? Well, he makes it clear. He says we don't have enough time for natural death or even uh, the problem to be solved through euthanasia or abortion. No, those solutions won't work. We need a more aggressive solution, and he actually said something akin to the Ebola virus. He actually said that. Now, he said that in 2006. Now, when you fast forward and recognize that we've gone through this time of COVID where a virus was released upon the earth, and many of us believe that it was created in a lab in Wuhan, China, we don't know for sure why it was created or how it was released. And I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories here or anything like that, but we do know that we watched as a lot of people had to suffer because of this virus. And we, if you dial it back a bit and you go back to 2006 and you see people, these elites like Eric Pianca saying, well, that actually could be a good thing because it'll actually reduce the problem organism, the organism that is actually plaguing the planet right now, too many people. This is a very sobering thing for this man to claim. Now, you might say that's extreme. Well, not really, because you're hearing from Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and the World Economic Forum, and a lot of the elites around the world are saying we have too many people, that people need to be restrained, that plants are more important than people, more important than farmers, etc. Natural plants, that is, not those that are grown on farms that we can actually eat. Uh, those things, we, we need to slow that down a little bit. We, can, we can't use chemical fertilizers any longer to produce more food. We need to go organic because that'll save the planet. Well, what about the people that are suffering as we save the planet, quote-unquote? You know, Martin Isles, who has a great, great uh, uh, podcast, He's actually from Australia, a Christian, Christian apologist. Martin Isles recently said this, Humanity is not a cancer on the planet. Humans did not arise by chance and proceed to become a destructive force which needs to be reversed at all costs. This is Isles talking. He said, rather, the planet was made for human beings. It was the environment in which they Human beings were placed as an act of divine intent, not to be inferior to the environment, but to be legitimately supplied by it, by the environment. Do you hear what he's saying? The hierarchy is the earth was made for us, not us for the earth. We are not inferior to the environment, to the earth, to the world, to the planet. The planet is inferior to us. The environment was made for us, not us for the environment. That's what Isles is saying here. You've got to get the hierarchy correct. He goes on, he says, plants and water and minerals and animals are intended for human use and enjoyment. That is the major reason that they were created and made in the first place. And he cites Genesis 1, 28 through 30, Genesis 2, 19 through 14, and Genesis 9, 1 through 3. Now, Isles goes on and he makes this point. The modern world is getting the hierarchy entirely wrong. We've got it upside down. We've reversed the created order. Uh, and he says we've got another hierarchy wrong too. And that's namely that God is the greater steward of the environment, of the planet, than we are. God is taking care of his creation. Oh, we can dirty it up, yes. 
And we need to take responsibility for keeping the water clean and the air pure. He's not disparaging that at all. But the air is made for us, not us for the air. The water is made for mankind, for human beings, not human beings for the water. You've got to get the hierarchy correct. And Isles reminds us that God is at the top of the hierarchy. You and I are not. Michael Bloomberg is not. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is not. Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, fill in the blank. None of these people are at the top of the hierarchy, no matter how much they think they know. And when we reverse the created order, when we get the hierarchy wrong, when our ideas are bad, when we elevate ourselves, when we make ourselves out to be as God, rather than honoring the fact that there is a God and it's not you and it's not me, we're going to end up having people like Eric Pianca strutting to the podium to receive an award and then saying that, you know, we got a problem right now. The world's population needs to be decreased by 90% and immediately, immediately. One might rightly raise their hand when he said that, or says it today, and ask the question, "Um, Dr. Pianca, do you want to be in the 10% or the 90%? I mean, ask the rhetorical question. Now, I want to tell you something. Interestingly enough, Before he made those comments, he made sure that the cameras were turned off and that his comments couldn't be recorded. Isn't that interesting? Does that betray the fact that they know their ideas are actually repugnant and that they're going to scare the tar out of people? Okay, Martin Isles is making this point. Hierarchies matter. This is his language again. Hierarchies matter. He says this, people over planet and God over people, over planet. So the hierarchy is God, people, planet, and we've reversed it. Planet has become our God, and people be damned. We need to save the planet. And as the result, you've got terrible policies like organic farming in Sri Lanka where people are starving. And... How far away do you think that type of policy implementation is here in the United States? Do you really think that Joe Biden and the Democrats aren't chomping at the bit to do the exact same thing to our farmers here in America? Hmm. Something to think about, right? Here's what Martin Isle says in conclusion. It is because we have messed up the hierarchy. We've inverted it, that we are on the cusp of unthinkable costs. Unthinkable costs as a result of climate action policies across the world. And then he concludes by saying this, Of course there are legitimate and good acts of creation care, but I don't think for a moment that is where the environmental debate is any longer. This will be the beginning of sorrows, because we again forget God. Martin Niles from Australia. I'm Dr. Everett Piper and this is The Rebellion.